We want to begin in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. Can you read? Yes. Uh, verses 10 to uh, 23. Yeah, 310 to 323. 1 John. <clears throat> In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My children, let us not love the world in love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because, he, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the, his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. Mm -hmm. okay. <clears throat> in this passage, <clears throat> and this is something that we continually go back to this theme, of Jesus' central command, and the apostles taught it too. <clears throat> and he says this is this is a manifestation of who we're following. If we're followers of Christ, if we're disciples of Christ, we're practicing righteousness and practicing the love of God towards each other, the love of Christ towards each other. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through His Spirit that He's given us. But if we're not walking in love, in our relationships, in our homes, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in life, wherever life happens, then we're missing what God is teaching us here. Jesus told us to go out and to make disciples. To preach the word, go out and preach the gospel. 
to baptize them. And he says, and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Because when we come out of the world, we don't automatically know how to live like Christ. It's something that we are taught and need to teach. God teaches us, and we try to help each other in that, and to encourage each other. A few weeks ago, we read in the book of Jude, to keep ourselves in the love of God. Because you know, we all know this fact. We can easily stray from the love of God. All we have to do is listen to our human nature, and away we go. I think of the story of Pilgrim's Progress, and as Pilgrim is going through his pilgrimage in the Christian life, all you who are familiar with the story, he sees this straight and narrow road he's walking on, and then there's this other road that, you know, is a little more cushiony, has a little more grass on it, a little easier in the feet, but it just seems to go right alongside that straight and narrow road. Him and his friends, oh, let's go on that road instead. It's just going, it's going the same way. It's just it's running parallel. No problem, right? So he gets in that road, and all of a sudden, as they're talking, they don't realize that road's veering away from that straight and narrow road. And that's how easily, how subtly, we can move away from keeping ourselves in the love of God. And so, some strong words here. From the Apostle John. And he says that if we don't practice righteousness or love our brother, he says this is the manifestation of the children of God or the children of the enemy. Now I didn't say that. This is what we read here. In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not Practice righteousness is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. Practice love towards our brothers and sisters. Now, I didn't say that. I just read this. You heard me. You can read it for yourself. And so, it's like the words of Jesus. Every tree is known by its fruit. There is a manifestation of what is going on in our hearts and our life. And there's no mistaking that. This is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. It's in the Gospel of John, the words of Jesus. It's in 1 John. It's in other places. And it's, it's there, and it's repeated over and over again for important reasons. Because God is trying to get a message through to us. That this is the central message of Christian living, of living the life of Christ. Is loving our neighbor as ourself and loving one another. Now that is a tall order because not everybody loves us back. There are neighbors who don't love us back. There are brothers and sisters who don't love us back. And some of them can sometimes be pretty mean to us. And we are called to return evil with good. The old covenant, it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Someone wronged you, you wronged them back. You, you, you get, you know, they, you know, they strike you, you strike them back. You know, returning, you know, what they do to you back to them. Jesus said, but I say to you, you know, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who do evil to you. Love your enemies. <clears throat> what do you think Jesus meant when he said, no man, when he tastes all wine, 
immediately desires are new because he said the old is better. What do you think he was talking about in the context of that? You go back and look at it. <clears throat> the old covenant, some things the old covenant appealed to us more. You know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth appeals to our human nature a lot more than love your enemies, do good to those who do evil to you, bless those who curse you and use you and all that other stuff. Who wants to do that? And yet that's the message of Jesus. Bringing forth a new covenant. The book of Jeremiah says, the old days are coming, I'll bring forth a new covenant. And it'll be not like the covenant that I gave Moses on Mount Sinai. And sure enough, if you examine the teachings of Jesus in the new covenant, some of them are different. Because it's a new covenant. A new covenant in Christ. <clears throat> we should not be as Cain, who was a wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? His brother's works were his works were evil. His brothers were righteous. Out of jealousy. So I'm not. I never murdered anybody. I don't have to worry about that. Let's listen further to what it says here. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother, uh oh. Murder. You know, this is not the only place we read this in the New Testament. This was in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said this. He said, Whoever hates his brother has already murdered him. You have heard you should not commit murder, one of the Ten Commandments. But I say to you, if you hate your brother in your heart, you've already murdered him. And he'll even have it repeated. Beware, brothers. Hate is a disease. That can lead us down the wrong way. It's not the way of the Spirit. It's not the way of life. <coughs> Beware in our relationships with one another. Beware. Be careful how we walk, it says in one place. Be careful. And as much as you've done it, the very least of my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. A loving attitude. Beware. <clears throat> he who does not love his brother abides in death. We're in the flesh. We're not walking in love. We're in the flesh. So I don't feel like it. I can't do it. There's an answer to how this is done. And we'll get to that. But first we have to acknowledge the truth of what God is telling us. Love one another as he commanded us. By this we know love, verse 16, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. It's not just saying, hey brother, I love you. But it's living that. Talk is cheap, my mom used to say when I was a kid. My mom didn't mince words. Talk is cheap. You know, true we can, we can talk a good talk it's cheap anybody can say and profess anything we can say we love each other we can say we love god but if we're not actually living that it's a lot, a lot of talk a lot of religion 
For whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Generosity. Generosity in goods. Generosity in spirit. A generous spirit. Kind-heartedness towards one another. A kind heart. A kind attitude towards one another. This is what Jesus and the apostles teach us. We see that we fall naturally, and in our lives we see we fall far from that. We easily fall far from that. And the reason why we continue to remind one another of this, just like the, the New Testament continues to remind each other, uh, remind us all of this, is because it's something that goes so against who we are naturally. This is a new life. And it's not like our old life. And our old life does not understand this. And that's why we remind one another. And we try to provoke one another, it says in Hebrews, to love and to good works. And so it is a theme that we will continually visit. Because it is an important reminder to each one of us. Not just loving each other by giving in goods. It's very important. But laying down our lives for each other. Our lives, we said, our, the Bible says in Romans 12, offer up our lives a living sacrifice. Living sacrificially. Laying down our lives for each other. A lay down your life kind of love. <clears throat> Jesus said it in John 15. We'll go to there in a few minutes. <clears throat> Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Love one another as I have loved you. You see how Jesus loved us? He gave his life for us. And he's teaching us to give our lives to one another. And here in the assembly, sure, that's right. And also to those outside in other churches. Even those who are doctrinally different, wrong. Not following the Bible in all ways. Love them. And to those who are not in, the, in, the, in Christ. To love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. What a powerful story that is. Two religious leaders of the Jews. In Judaism. Who prided themselves in doctrinal purity. And being right doctrine. Nothing wrong with that, please. I'm not speaking against that. But there is something that there was missing. The love of God in their hearts. When they saw their wounded brother laying on the side of the road, they walked on the other side of the road. They didn't want to be unclean for their duties of the ministry. They walked on the other side of the road. It didn't help them. And here comes this doctrinally incorrect Samaritan. Half Jew, half Gentile. Doctrinally incorrect. But he understood one thing. To love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. There's as yourself. There is your neighbor laying on the side of the road. And the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 said, The Samaritans and Jews have nothing to do with each other. And that's true. But he saw a neighbor in need. And he took him 
and he bound his wounds and he put him on his donkey and walked to the hotel, to the inn. And he took care of him that night in the hotel room, in the inn. And the next day he had to leave to go on his business. And he paid the innkeeper money and said, here, take this money to take care of him until he's better. He said, if it costs you any more than this, he goes, I'll give you more next time I come around. Apparently he knew the guy. Okay. There's somebody who, Jesus said, now there's somebody who loved his neighbor. Please understand, the doctrine of Christ is very powerful. But at the central message of it is loving one another as he loved us. There is a man who gave of himself and gave of his resources and gave of his time and gave effort and sacrificial. He had a walk to the end. While his, while his neighbor, his beaten neighbor, who was robbed, was riding on the donkey as he walked the donkey to the inn. There's sacrificial love. It's important to remember that in the home. Not just in the assembly. That matters when we leave and we say, God bless you, brother, and we go to our homes. Who are we there? Are we somebody different there? Are we a Sunday Christian? We got to look at how we're living. Are we loving our neighbors as? Are we loving our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, those those in our own household as ourselves? Are we laying down our lives for those in our home? We, are we are we practicing Christianity in our home when nobody's around except our family? Are we practicing the love of God when we're at work? When there may not be any other Christians around that we would be accountable to? Are we just joining in? Are we kind of being influenced by them? Are we walking in the love of Jesus toward the heart's cross? My little children, let us love, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. It doesn't stop with the word. It should be in word and tongue. But it shouldn't stop there. In, in deeds, in our actions, and in truth, according to the truth. And this we know that we are of the truth, and assure our hearts before Him. This is a confirmation that we're walking in the Spirit. This is a confirmation that we're, that we're in Christ, that we're walking in Him. That we're not walking in the flesh. It's a confirmation. Brothers, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God, and whatever we ask we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. You ever know that when you're, you know, sometimes we're being rebellious? Sometimes we're walking in the flesh, and then the need comes up and we go to pray. Where's our confidence? Where's our faith? We have no confidence. And we try, but, you know, it seems like it's not the same. Because there's something between us and God. We're not walking right. And we have to clear that up before we can have confidence again. And we, we have to confess our sins. And He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Not when we just first come to Him, but in an ongoing life. And as we walk in the Spirit, and as we 
the love of God comes through through us, there's a confirmation and there's an assurance. As it says in another place, faith works by love. There's a connection between our faith and how we're walking. Faith works by love. I've been a Christian for 42 years. And in that time, you, you, you can see clear differences and experience these things. In a, and when you, when you see it happening over and over again, you know, the message becomes clear, you know, that you need to change. You know, that message comes to me loud and clear. You need to change because you see what you're bringing on yourself. You know? And so, we have confidence towards God. We want to have confidence in prayer. You never feel sometimes like, you know, I'm praying and I'm like a nowhere land. I'm in no man's land. I don't, I don't feel like I'm reaching God. I don't, you know, God, God seems far away. God's not far away. He lives in our hearts. But as it says in the book of Colossians, we can lose connection with the head who is Christ. We lose connection. And that's how it happens. We can feel far away from Him. It's not that He's far away. It's just that we're not on the right way. We're not in the spiritual place. In order to understand things of the Spirit, we have to be spiritual. And we have to repent. Turn away from what's wrong. Turn away from wrong attitudes. Ungodly, unloving attitudes. Turn away from wrong actions and immoral things. There's a lot of it. Turn away from pride and stubbornness and all the stuff that hinders us. Humble our hearts before Him. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. There's a connection with our, with the, also with our walk and what we receive. There's a connection between walking in love and faith. And there's a connection between faith and receiving the answers of our prayers. Read this over and over again. You, you, you read it and let God give you insight on it if you're not seeing it. Let God, you know, pray about these things. Let God give us insight. And this is, if we keep His commandments, and then verse 23, and this is His commandment. Now how did it go from commandments to commandment? Well, Jesus and the Apostles narrowed it down to us. And this is His commandment. That we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. Narrows it down because all the other commandments stem from that. Loving God and loving our brethren. We sing the song, love, love, love. The gospel in one word is love. Love God, loving one another. Might sound like, you know, yeah, I've heard that before, and all this stuff, but, you know, it's a Christian, that's the Christian's call. <clears throat>
So then as we go into the next chapter, chapter five, uh, 4, verses 6 to 12. 1 John 4, 6 to 12. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love. And every one who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a prop the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Mm -hmm. Brothers, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, The love of Christ compels us. We see what Christ has done for us. We see what the Father has done for us. And it compels us to love one another. And if we don't feel that compelling, if we don't perceive that compelling... We're losing connection with the Spirit of God. And this is an important reminder and a review to all of us what the Apostle is telling us here. If we do not love, we do not know God. So I used to love, but you know, I've kind of drifted away from that. As we drift away from that, we drift away in our relationship with God. And we've experienced that, like we were talking about earlier. We begin to feel far from God. <clears throat> we are of God. He who knows God hears us. And why is he again in the next chapter, later in the same letter, starting to talk about loving one another again? Because it is the most important message of Christian life in the New Testament. Of, the, of living the life of Christ. How should we live? <coughs> Jesus said in the last days, one of the signs of his return would be, because wickedness, iniquity abounds, the love of many would grow cold. The love of many would grow cold. That is one of the signs of Jesus' return. That there would be coldness Lukewarmness in Christendom. And it is a solid warning from Jesus. And it is also a sign of His return. We are of God. He who knows God will listen to us. He who is not of God will not listen to us. And we can discern in this the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let us love one another for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 
Let's qualify when he says everyone who loves. Everyone who loves the way Jesus commanded us to love. Love one another as I have loved you. That's how he qualifies it. To lay down your life for one another kind of love. That sacrificial giving of yourself. Jesus gave all for us. And he said, do, go do the same. He washed his, the feet of his disciples. And he said, go do this for each other. He laid down his life for us. And he said, follow my example. This is the kind of love I'm talking about. Not just loving people who love us. But love one another, give, looking for nothing in return. With conscience towards God. The love of God was manifested to us in Jesus' coming, his life, his death, his resurrection. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also have to love one another. The children of God are called to follow God's example. As it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Forget exactly how good you remember it, John. Um, um, just as Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice and offering. That's not it. Ephesians 5 1. Um, as love. Okay, Be followers of God as his dear children. Thank you. I had a senior moment there. Uh, be followers of God, followers of example. And it goes on in verse 2, I think it says, uh, and walk in love as Christ loved us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's there too. Paul talks about it too, not just John. And so, in chapter 5 and verse 1, there's just one verse here. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. We love those who love God also love those who are born of God. There's a connection. No doubt about it. There's a connection between our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. <clears throat> when our relationship with God gets gets cold we find coldness amongst our, amongst our relationship with our brethren and our love towards one another. From there we go to um, John 15. The vine and the branches. Dave, if you could read verses 1 uh, to 14. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. In this illustration that Jesus gives us, he shows the true and real connection between a victorious Christian life and withering away. And we can be somewhere in between. Sometimes we're withering, sometimes we're, we're on that mountaintop and everywhere in between. But Jesus says we can do nothing without Him. You know, to love people that are wrong us that do evil to us, that curse us, that use us, and to return their evil with good seems like an impossible uphill climb. To love those of our household when there's conflict can seem pretty hard to do because when you're living with each other in a home and a family, you're on top of each other all the time. There's no escape. You know, you're there. And so, when you're at work, and you're working with your co-workers every day, and your boss, and all these other people, there are plenty of challenges. And so, we, it is against our nature, as I said earlier, to love, to lay down our lives and be sacrificial to people that don't appreciate it. You know, I've heard parents say, their kids got older, you know, I, I sacrificed so much and I gave so much for their kids, and look what they did. As we love them and look for nothing in return, and continue to love, not, love them and not become bitter and angry towards them if they don't follow your advice and follow your counsel and things like that, you know, there's all those things. <clears throat> love one another, Jesus said happens only one way remaining in him a couple weeks ago we talked about coming to him and drinking you know the if any man is thirsty let him come to me and drink be filled with the spirit the christian life happens and is and is is a victorious christian life as we remain in christ as we walk in his spirit as we follow his guidance and his leading and submit to his lordship and as he says here, as we obey his command to love one another, submitting to that, he empowers us to do that as we walk with him. But as we walk in the flesh, it becomes 
a real tall order, as Jesus says, it's downright impossible. We're impossible, he uses, to love in the love of Christ. Now, how can that be? But that's the way it is. The love of Jesus is shed abroad in, his, in our hearts in the spirit he has given us. It is a supernatural, spiritual thing, not a natural thing. And as we walk in the spirit, the impossible becomes reality. It's a spiritual reality. And as we walk in the spirit, it says... If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. A connection between receiving the promises of God and how we live. We walk in the Spirit or not? There's a connection there. Why isn't God answering my prayers? We've got to look and dig deep and see what Jesus is saying. This is the second place. We read it in the, gospel, in the letter of John, 1 John. And we're reading it again here. A connection between receiving from God and abiding in Christ and walking in the Spirit. Walking in the love of God. Because we can't walk in the love of God if we're not walking in the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, love is the first one that's mentioned. Good luck walking, good luck walking and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not walking in the Spirit. Well, how do we walk in the Spirit? We must deny ourselves. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because as we all who are in Christ keenly are aware of, we can live in the Spirit and walk in the flesh. Don't take much, does it? We all know it. We must crucify the flesh, deny ourselves, our human nature, our natural inclinations, in order to be able to walk in the Spirit. And He gives us the power to do that. The cross gives us the power and the authority to do these things. To take hold of our mind. As Peter said, to sober up the loins of your mind. It gives us power and authority over our own body. Let's talk about fancy miracle. Let's talk, let's talk about how we're walking today. I was talking about a song from Don Francisco, a, a, a gospel singer from the 1980s and, and going forward from there. He says, I don't care how big your steeple is. I don't care if you have padded pews. I don't care if your preacher is super powered. And he goes on all this stuff. He says, but do you love your wife? Are you praying for your children? Are you laying down your life? And what about your brothers and sisters? And he just goes on from there. It's a great song. And that's what we're challenged with today. How shall we live? Are we keeping ourselves in the love of God in an age where the love of many grow cold? As Jesus said. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, 
maybe joy, maybe full. Are we doing what Peter said today? Are we experiencing joy unspeakable and full of glory? That's what's going, inside of, going on inside of us. Remain in Christ and your joy will become filled full. As we remain in Christ and as we love one another, as we walk in the Spirit, it's all talking about one and the same thing. As we come to Him and drink, change happens. Galatians chapter 6 says this, In Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision amount to anything but a new creation. God forbid that I should boast except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and me to the world. A crucifixion of the old way of life, of the unlovingness, the rotten attitudes, and the jealousy, and the pride, and the arrogance, and all the other garbage that the Bible calls sin in the flesh. The world is crucified to me, and me to the world. And I am a new creation in Christ. That in Christ, there's nothing except a new creation. You are new in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old way of life passes away. All things become new. A new way of living. A new attitude. A new way of responding to those around us. A new life. An abundant life. Is that what's going on with us today? Where are we at? You did not choose me, but I chose you, and it appointed that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. He's saying it again. There's a connection between bearing fruit and, and enjoying and receiving the hope of our faith. The answers to prayer. And these things I command you, right after that, that you love one another. His commands are not grievous, the Bible says. His commands are not burdensome. And if they seem grievous and burdensome today, we're not walking in the grace of God. We're looking at it in a carnal way. We're trying to walk in the love of God and in His strength. That's what I have today. Mm-hmm. Brother Dan, we're going to start with you and go around to John and Dave, start with that, and that's where I'm going to close.